Radio episode 45. I'm your host, Greg Troxel. Find me at NUFC underscore Greg. And I am with a man who just watched his hometown club, Atlanta United, advance to the round of eight in the CONCACAF Champions League. Congratulations, Atlanta United, and congratulations, Elijah Newsom. How are you doing, bro? Um, you know, I is it bad I just don't care about CONCACAF Champions League. Yes, but it, you'll get there. I like. I mean, I just I've seen just two straight games of just like CONCACAF refs, and I'm like, MLS refs were bad, but CONCACAF refs are just so much worse that it's like, <laughs> like how, like why does this, why does this CONCACAF Champions League exist? But yeah. yeah. Oh, shout out to America though. Uh, we're getting that joint tournament with South America. Like a CONCACAF South America tournament 2020. So yeah. that's going to be fun. Like the so. Euros, but on this side of the world. Yeah, and hopefully we don't use CONCACAF refs. <laughs> yeah, no. It's going to um, be brutal. But, for yeah. more rants about anything, follow Elijah. And it's at Elijah underscore Newsom. Actually, really- yeah. You, you can follow me, I guess, if you want. Yeah, if you want. You don't have to. Yeah. Well, follow me, though. In UFC yeah, follow Europe. Greg. Um, so, and speaking of following, why don't you give a, you know, since you're going to click follow to us, might as well follow our podcast, CHN radio. You can follow us there at CHN underscore radio. And then if you want to see stuff that we write, you can follow us at coming home in UFC. Yeah. And we're on all social platforms. We're on Facebook. We are on Reddit. We're on Twitter. We're not on Instagram. Uh, we have a YouTube channel. That doesn't have anything on it and probably <laughs> don't have anything on it, but you can subscribe to it if you want to. So one day when we're able to like record face to face for a like like you know, because one day we're gonna live together in Las Vegas. And okay. uh, this is getting bold already, but all right. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, and I then also work for the Las Vegas Lights for that to happen. Yeah, Las Vegas Lights FC. Uh Eric Winalda, shout out. Ledge. Um also, guys, go on wherever you're listening to this right now. If you could please do a solid, go and give us a five-star review. It takes so little amount of time to do it. Just click five stars, write a little blurb. Um, it'd be greatly appreciated. It just helps us get out there to everyone. We really want to see those numbers go up and up. And one last thing is to shoot us an email at chn. Oh, yes. <laughs> I was about to say our Twitter handle. Shoot us an email at chnradionufc at gmail.com, and that's going to get you access to us. We'll answer back. You can give us feedback and anything. And also, if you're interested in writing or helping out with the podcast, we need producers. We need sound engineers. We need uh, writers. We need anything. So shoot us an email there. It's chnradionufc at gmail.com, and you get to be a part of the clan. 
The squad. Don't say the clan. <laughs> oh yeah, let's let's avoid that. Yeah, let's, let's not be a part of the clan. Well, it's like, still I, was, I was thinking from a Scottish word. word. A Scottish word. Oh, okay. Not the uh, right. American Southeast word. Yeah. All right. Just, um, yeah. And and actually, I said one more thing, but I lied. We Elijah and I actually we'll just jump into the Toon Army America. Um, Elijah and I met for the first time. It's true. Last weekend. Yeah. At, at Toon Army America meetup in Denver. It was an amazing job by everybody involved, by the way. Like, couldn't speak highly of it. But we realized, and I don't know, like, why it took this long, but we are the, probably the only, I, I go out to say the only, and the true black and white podcast for NUFC. Oh, yeah. It's true. It actually is true. There's probably not another podcast out there that literally is black and white. Yeah. And, yeah. So... We are. We can claim that we are the only black and white podcast for yeah. Newcastle United. So and you'll get that joke if you follow us on Twitter. <laughs> and, oh, <laughs> yeah, and like you're welcome. Like that's just another great thing that we bring to to the people. Happy Black History Month, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> last day. <laughs> last day. Hey, but Black History lives on forever, so it's fine. I'll wear my It's Black History Month shirt tomorrow, and yeah, you know that'll be great. Yeah, but you yeah. Got to. Dude, this weekend um, was insane. Yeah, what was your favorite part? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I think my favorite part was when uh, we we got an Uber with Warren Barton. I don't know if anyone's heard of him. <laughs> He's kind of a legend. And then we got out of the Uber and walked into a brewery for a Warren Barton meet and greet. And I walked in first, and everyone was cheering. And I legitimately thought they were cheering for me. And then I realized <laughs> Warren was literally right behind me, and I was like, oh, never mind. This yeah, yeah, so that could that do. Was, that was my favorite part of the weekend slash the part where we went on the brewery bus and we sang Bohemian Rhapsody. That yeah, was, that was pretty epic. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of good moments. Yeah, and and shout out to Warren. What a class act he is. I mean, he was bombarded by a ton of Jordies, actual Jordies, and then American Jordy people that wish we wish we were Jordies. Um, and he's, I mean, he was awesome. I we couldn't have been a better person for this. Um, shout out yeah. to Mile High Magpies put on one hell of a show. Good right? job, Josh. And the shirts that they gave out <laughs> were just, oh my gosh, I wore it yesterday. So comfortable. Yeah, the shirts are awesome. Yeah. And so we're already starting to plan, plan the next meetup. I know Warren wants to be part of it. He was adamant about that. And yeah, um, he was he was like, let's do it two three times a year. And we're like, yeah, he has to do it. Not all of us has has people who are going to pay for our travel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and if you're interested in getting a part of that, like, join the local Toon Army America. Follow them on Facebook and on Twitter, and you can definitely like message them. They're very accessible. And if even if there isn't a group near you, you can start one. And it literally, and, only takes one person. Like, yeah, to start. Yeah, there, there. Someone started a group today. Um. Jeez, yeah, I forgot their name. Motor, Motor City Magpies. There you go. And there's actually, literally Elijah, two people. Actually, there's another group that started today. Oh. Yep. What What is it? The Sin City Magpies by yours oh. truly, Greg Trotter. Oh, 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 Toon Army Vegas in the house. Okay. Yeah. So there was there was an orig- uh, another one, but it's, I guess it's been a- inactive for a while. So uh, we found that the Twitter handle is available. We, we got that. And I, a guy that used to run the San Diego uh, Toon Army America group just moved to Vegas a couple weeks ago. 
So he posted on there and said, is anyone still doing this? And I was like, hey, let's go. So Sim City Magpies, watch out for it. There will be more oh, stuff yeah. coming soon. That, their bar would just be like a grocery store because I'm sure in Vegas you can just go to the grocery store and it's a full bar with, <laughs> with like girls close. and dresses and you can gamble and everything. You, you actually can gamble in grocery stores here. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, – that's the most Vegas thing. There's that... slot machines in in groceries. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but yeah. That Tunar American Meetup was a lot of fun. Next one's going to be probably as fun. Denver set a really high bar, and yeah. what's crazy is I didn't realize that this is like a relatively new thing. This is like what the fourth or fifth one that they've done, and it it seems like every single one there's more and more people. So um, yeah, really shout out to those guys for putting this together and shout out to Josh for forming a relationship between, you know, Tunari America and this podcast. Like this is yeah. going to be a thing we do every year. I'm going to see Greg at least once a year. Until I die. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is pretty good chance of that happening. So, yeah. but yeah, awesome work. Um, we'd love to see more people get involved. So definitely check out those. Now let's get into why we're really here. Our beloved Newcastle United. And the first thing, we're going to get club news now. Okay. This, this is the biggest question mark of my life. The Magpies are in Jolington talks, according to a report. So this is from uh, Sport One's report, which is in Germany. And they say that Newcastle are prepared to smash their transfer record, which obviously we just did. But by well, way we more, broke our transfer record. We didn't smash it. Let's, let's okay. be right. Okay, I'm, I, I can do that. I can get This would that. be a smashing. This would be triple our transfer record. Yeah. And for it's – he's an ex-Rapid Vienna star. He is now at Hoffenheim, and he has 20 uh, – oh, he's 22, has 10 goals. <laughs> um, and apparently we're, like, definitely linked to him. And some reports are even saying, like, have him closed down by the end of next week. Lockdown. Now, I don't know. Let's not jump on that bandwagon. I mean, if it happens, great. But let's slow down a little bit. This is Newcastle we're all talking about. Um, what do you think about the links to this, Elijah? I know the only other club I see that I've seen that's linked to him right now is Leipzig. And his manager, uh, Julian Nagelsmann, who's like the youngest manager and extremely successful right now, he's moving to Leipzig at the end of the season. So Julian Nagelsmann. Yeah, so they're saying that they, they both could make the switch together. But what's your thoughts on the link between 22-year-old Brazilian and Newcastle United? Uh, first things first, um, it, it's important to notice, note this because our, our good friends over at the Chronicle are, when you know they get bored, they start writing about everything. And so they wrote about FIFA ratings the other day. Um, and Joel Linton is a guy who started out this season as like a 67, and now he's a 76 in FIFA, so. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. But um but on that, uh RB Leipzig is the only other club that's like been named, but there's a there's a claim from uh Hoffenheim's director of football that says that uh he says he's been quoted, people ask him about it. Uh there's not one, they're not five, but there are dozens of clubs that are interested in him, which is what you say um when you have an asset. So you can yep. drive it the path, the price. So you got that going. Um, that's that's one of those things. Like, of course, a team in the fourth division in Germany is interested. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. Yeah, um, yeah. it's so the same. We wrote an article about this. The Newcastle <laughs> yeah. are interested in Kellen Mbappe. 
Are they going to make a move for him? No. I don't know. But, but no, I, no, Greg, I don't know. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair. They're interested. They, they've heard about him. They've heard that he's a good French talent. Mike Ashley's impressed by the fact that he's, <laughs> he's so young and he's so good. He's already won a World <laughs> Cup. So I've heard there's interest from Mike Ashley and the Newcastle board on uh, Mbappe. But Joel Linton seems like a good striker. Um, it should be interesting because um, he's, not, he, he's, he's a physical player, um, not as tall and as big as Rondon, but you know, very physical as well. A guy who seems like he works hard, uh, really w- works really hard um, in terms of, you know, actual work rate and such. So we'll see. Um, I don't personally think that Newcastle um, are, are, are actually going to get this done. The Chronicle, are, there's conflicting reports on this, but the Chronicle are saying that Newcastle were the club that bid 50 million pounds for him. Um, in the winter and that was rejected. Um, and it looks like his price is going to be 60 million, not 60 million pounds, 60 million euros. Sorry. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I don't know if that's overrated or underrated, but yeah, I mean, if it happens, it happens. If not, we can just trick West Brom into giving us Rondon for 6 million plus Dwight Gale. So yeah, we'll <laughs> it's see. a win-win for us. Yeah. We'll see on that. Um, next bit is Scott Parker. Does anyone remember Scott Parker? Um, I honestly didn't know he existed until today. (laughs) Yeah, so Scott Parker was named the interim manager at Fulham. If you don't remember or don't know who Scott Parker is, he is a former Newcastle player. So he he was – he played, like, a lot. He played literally until, what, like two years ago, I think he he finally retired – but he played at like Charlton, Norwich, Chelsea, obviously moved to Newcastle, as I said, West Ham, uh, Spurs. I mean, he's been everywhere. Uh, so he had a, a long career there, and he's been a manager ever since. So he was just named the caretaker manager at Fulham after Claudio Ranieri was sacked. Yeah. Today. And Claudio can say something that a lot of guys can't say, like Alan Pardew. And they won. They won the Premier League. So yeah, yeah. good for yeah. him. Also, another former Newcastle is uh, person that's changing jobs is Damian Duff. He was promoted. He was a a youth manager at at Celtic, but he is now moved up to an assistant manager at Celtic with the first team. So uh, cool. Yeah. Oh, oh, I've got some news, Greg. <laughs> I yeah. just- Forgot about this. Uh, there, Donny Campos said, "Man, you were interested in Miguel," which has been just, just wow. I don't believe that, but wow. I think I think what the story, the, in my opinion, the real story is that there's been so many, uh, like, like reputable newspapers that believe this and like are writing about it and saying like basically that Miggy turned down Man U for Newcastle, which just yeah. it just did not happen. <laughs> it's just like 100% just didn't happen. Um, but shout out to Donny Campos for doing what any good agent would do and, you know, upping the value of your client by just making up rumors so that other guys sign with you and all your clients are sold for more money because one of your clients was linked to Man U, which did not happen. But... Shout out to Tony Campos. There we Good go. For you. Yeah. 
Um, some U23 updates. Uh, we had an interesting tie in the Premier League Cup. Newcastle have already advanced from the group stage, but there's one more to be played, and Leeds needed to win to advance, so Newcastle played them. One, the most bizarre thing is that Leeds had to change their, their kits because they have a player that's colorblind. <laughs> so they, they were wearing their white jerseys. Newcastle were wearing the baby blues, and the player couldn't tell <laughs> which, who was who. Um, so they removed their top, the tops of their jerseys and put on yellow pennies to play the rest of the match without numbers or anything. Um, it was it also interesting because Elias Sorensen played, Liam Gibson played, and Jamie Sterry played, all who are out on loan, but they were released for this game just because they haven't played, which is something that we're definitely going to get into very shortly, a.k.a. this weekend you'll see a – uh, February loan recap from yours truly. I'll, I'll have a whole write-up on that on uh, cominghomenewcastle.com. There's a lot of controversy on the loans right now. so I, I, It's up to you if you want to get into this now or not. Oh, let's get into it. I mean, there's not a lot of news. Yeah. The only controversy I know is my boy Akraf got injured. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I hope he's, like, saving his money. Like, this insane wage bill he's on. Like, I hope he's, like, saving it. Because, like, he's not going to ever get this much money ever again. No. Like, I mean, it's sad for him, but it's just the, the truth. Yeah. Maybe he'll go to the MLS and play for Orlando City. He seems like an Orlando City type player. Just, like, they buy a guy. as like, oh, this guy played for Newcastle once. <laughs> and their fans are like, oh, yeah, this guy, he must be good. Oh, man. No, because yeah. we want to keep our Atlanta United supporters. We don't want, we don't want Orlando City signing our – Former players, even though that's oh, that's that's true. Anyway. <laughs> um, so we have, so here's here's a few of the loans that are are really struggling right now. We it's a lot. Well, it's the three that I said really. It's Elias Sorensen, who has yet to start for Blackpool, come in for a few sub appearances, but that's it. Then Jamie Sterry, who hasn't really played, and then Liam Gibson and Callum Roberts. Well, Liam Gibson, he's back now, but. Um, he didn't play at all pretty much. Oh, no, no, sorry. He is at Accrington, but he still hasn't played for them. Sorry, I'm switching players up. So Liam Gibson, Elias Sorensen, Jamie Sterry, and Callum Roberts are all barely playing at their clubs or haven't played yet, which is a significant concern, especially when you do these to develop players. This is not how you want to do it. Do you have an input on whose fault at all this could be? I mean, I, I think it's it, – there's – Everyone's to blame, you could say. Um, I mean, I, I can see – I mean, in the case of Sorensen, I think Sorensen's a special case where it's like I think a lot of people, including you in this podcast, wanted to see him at least get a crack with the first team with like with a cup match or something. But some of these other guys where it's like we kind of seen them in a first-team setting or we kind of know they're not at that first-team setting yet. When they're out on loan, if you take a player on loan and you're footing that wage bill – from you're putting like essentially, you know, a, a pretty expensive wage bill. Like, I think that if you're that club bringing that person alone, you at least deserve to, you know, give them an appearance or send them back. Like if they're not, you know, if they're not performing to par, like, Hey, this person that probably needs another year of the U 23s or because they're not making our team sheet on a consistent basis. Um, 
but to just not play pay them and still be responsible for a portion of their wage is kind of ridiculous to me. Um, so, I mean, I think I place most of the blame on the the club being the club that is loaning the player, especially because it never seems like there's like a ton of clubs going after Newcastle loan. It's not like Chelsea uh, Academy products where it's prospects where it's like they can pretty much go anywhere in the world um, because they're Chelsea Academy pro- pro- product and they're expected to do well. And Chelsea has their, their hands in a lot of clubs in terms of sending guys out on loan. So it's not like that situation. It's still like, you know, you maybe get two or three clubs interested in one guy, but for the most part, a lot of these guys, they went to these places where they were like, that was the only club interested in them. So they didn't really have a choice. It was either that or continue playing for the U23s. So. Yeah. Um, it, it's going to be interesting. I, I'm not happy overall as like somebody that I, you know, prefer, like, I, I like seeing these guys grow up and become, like, Longstaff is one of the coolest things for me, and if you listen to this podcast, you know, because I've been following him forever, and he's made it, like, and I want to see this happen, like, Elias Sorensen's a big talent for me, um, he's probably the biggest of the ones we've named, and him not playing, I think, is, it's not, it's not a good sign, honestly, because you'd think last year, Longstaff was playing for Black Bull and dominating. So it's not a good sign that he's he has a few sub appearances and that's it. So, um, but on the U twenty three team side, they're in the knockout rounds of the Premier League Cup. So there you go, positive. Good now let's that. talk about my man's, my number ones, Sean Longstaff. Oh my gosh, Sean Longstaff. You know what, Sean Longstaff? He has improved two points in FIFA. Yeah, two points. He's a sixty-six. Oh yeah. <laughs> he what, his, what's his, his rating now? Now up to like a seven, an eighty, I think his potential. His potential's an eighty. It's a seventy-nine and eighty. I can't remember. Yeah, and, it, and what? A, and tell the people what his current rating is and what it used to be. It was a sixty-four, and now it's a sixty-six. Big improvements. <laughs> and and literally the Chronicle headline for this, and like, I like you cannot make this up. Like, I, I just, I guess, I mean, I guess it was a slow news day, but they, <laughs> they were like, like I, I have to find it. Now I gotta, now I gotta look for it. Cause yes. Okay. Okay. Here it is. Um, the young new son Longstaff finally giving made given majors rating, major ratings upgrade on FIFA 19 and they capitalized finally. And of course, and they it's put two points. <laughs> and it's literally two points. And I like <laughs> someone took the time out of their day to write an article about this. Unreal. <laughs> I mean, like more power to you if if you have that time. But I mean, I was we, Greg and I were talking about this before the show. There are sometimes I legitimately feel bad for the, the the guys who work at the Chronicle because they have like minimums that they have to meet because they're actual like journalists, and and so like you get content like this and you get like, we count, I counted the amount of times they tweeted out the article, an article saying Matt Ritchie said that he, that he thinks we could finish top 10, six, six tweets in a row of the same article. <laughs> um, so you just, you kind of feel bad for him. But then again, you have to make fun of them if you publish an article about a player going up two points in the rating. So, yeah. Yep. Um, some other long staff news is the FA. We're at the match against Burnley, which we're going to review in a very short moment. 
Um, and spoiler alert, he scored. Oh, interesting. Spoiler alert, there is a, a very non-necessary Declan Rice versus Sean Longstaff debate when in reality they probably would work well together. But that's another story. Yeah, people day. forget that there's usually two. Uh, yeah, they're just like, oh, we only can have one central midfielder. And it's yeah. like, no, it's <laughs> not how teams set up nowadays. Yeah, I wonder what Shelby's thinking right now. But anyway, <laughs> let's well, get into it. I got to get fit. He's yeah. still injured. So. Yeah. Um, let's get into this. So, guys, we beat Burnley 2-0. 2-0. I said two, I said two nil. nil and oh at the same time. Two no. Greg Troxel, patented word. Yeah. Um Dosadero. Against Burnley. This That's beautiful our, thing. We our, took our the double. American listeners. We took the double on them, won both matches this year. And that is our fourth straight home win. What is this Newcastle United? What is it? It's the it's the Mickey effect, you know. Kinda, you sign them, you beat Man City, and then to be fair, we were like on a pretty good, we were a decent run of form before that. But yeah, I mean, yeah. we we beat Man City the day we found out it was going to okay. become official. I just want to say something real quick, Greg, <laughs> because you could you check the tapes, check the tapes. You can check the tapes. Let's check them. I literally said this would happen. Yeah, when, you did. I was like three podcasts in a row. I was like, I'm not worried about us getting relegated because they did the same thing last year where we had a really bad January and then we had a good February. And it's simply because in January we play a lot of tough teams. Like, yeah, it's just what happens. Like, I don't know. It's no, just, you, you definitely called it. You were dead on the entire time. And this is all right. So we're going to we, we should probably rename this the episode of the, this podcast called We Were Right. Yeah, I mean, you're that's right. honestly you're, you're every You were right about this. I was right about Longstaff. I was right about Miguel. You were right about Miguel. Yeah, so we were right. Yeah. Like that, I mean, that's just, that's just it. We're going to change this to we were right. We were right radio. That's yeah, and no one will know it's a Newcastle radio, but we were right. <laughs> we were no, right. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's talk about Burnley. Uh, Elijah, I know you have a few. Um, Three words. Oh, or did did you send that to me or? No, I do. Start with some. I, yeah. I can I can do them. Yeah, yeah, do do three words. For for those who are new to this podcast, which there's probably going to be a couple people who probably listen to this for the first time because a couple two tree. Yeah, you know it happens. Um, not everyone can be perfect and be listeners from day one. Um, but <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, we do a something after every match, and uh, basically we do a uh, react to this match in three words or describe this match in three words. And then we read them on the podcast. Um, it's really fun. Uh, some people are really creative. Some people are really inappropriate. Um, and some people are just weird. So um, <laughs> there's never anything that's good, but, um, but yeah, so we'll start off with Zach Morrison, Zach T Morrison. You can follow him at Zach T Morrison. Uh, he sent a GIF and that's a, that's Tyler, Tyler, the creator saying, this is amazing. Uh, so that's pretty good. Good start. Um, we got Carrie Miller. You can follow her at Carrie Zor, uh, and she put about effing time. Yes, Carrie. All right, Carrie. 
Um, and then we got two from Anthony, and you can follow him at Anthony six eight one nine seven six five. And I'm no wait, we follow him at. Please change your handle if you want. Me to <laughs> yeah, we, you can follow him at Anthony. You do realize that you're supposed to create a, a username with Twitter, um, <laughs> and he put life after love. Um, and then we got NUFC for life at Toon Barmy fifty nine. What's up, Toon Barmy? He's he's a He's a regular. He he's still sending in pretty much <laughs> on the fence stuff, and he put my staff's long, which is yes. That's what she same. said. Wait, no, that's not a. That's what she same. said. Same. Yeah, that's well, what same. Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> if that's a, that's what she said, then wow, you're in a situation. Yeah. Um, Greg, what you got? Um, we have Swampy and UFC. Oh, uh, you can follow him at Swamp Thing underscore seventy one. Pure effing graft. Not really sure what that means. That's that's like what Warren should have answered when we asked Warren. We said, describe Newcastle. Describe your love for Newcastle in three words that Americans wouldn't understand. Yeah. If he said that, I would have been lost. I don't yeah, know what I, graft means. Is yeah. <laughs> um, this guy Elijah underscore Newsom, aka the best damn co-host in the land. That's true. Um, he said Alan Scherer, love. No, what are you? What is <laughs> a goat emoji next to that? Okay, Alan Scherer goat. Yeah, emoji next to that. Well, okay, Dude, you've <laughs> ruined it. It's just Alan Scherer goat. <laughs> um, Which someone brought up. I tweeted out Hatem Ben Sherfa because everyone was using that, and then someone was like, "Hey, this guy's version is better," and I agree. He said Alan Scherer, which is, which is wonderful. Yeah, that's go good. Newcastle. Um, one lost muffin. What up? Our the only goat. known listener from Boise, Idaho, by the way. Also, he has a real name. We're not going to reveal it on no. this podcast. No, he's forever but one lost muffin. We know it. He uh, writes for us. <laughs> he said, Almiron, my boy, put a good gif of, uh, gif, sorry, of Almiron taking his shirt off and getting hype. Which, I'm not really sure if that's arousing or disturbing. He's got a weird tan. It, I mean, it can be both. Yeah, that's that, can it really be both? Yeah. That's okay. Both. All right. Um, um, Rawson in America. By the way, we met Rawson in America over the weekend. Wow, An absolute legend. Absolute legend. Say. Like that was really a legend. Yeah, he's the guy who's playing all the music on our brew bus, and it was delicious. Yeah, it was, oh my gosh, that was gosh. incredible. So he said proper Bobby Bobby Dazzler. <laughs> so that that's that's one that's just like what we said about swampy. That's some British words in America. Wait, what's what's the what's the the he Bobber gave us Bobby Dazzler. He gave us the uh, a phrase that British people say that we just didn't know. Oh yeah, um, it was a person's <sighs> name. Yeah, it's Garrett something or something. Is it Beckham? Is Beckham the end of it? Yeah, maybe it's like that's Garrett Beckham or something like that. Yeah. All right. Rawson, you're supposed to, you have to get back to us on that. Yeah. Just um, shoot us a DM. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then we have three from Trevor Mooney, the official questionnaire of CHN radio. Um, <laughs> and he's ripping off my tweets about my long staff thread <laughs> that I made during the match. Um, he said, long staff farts magpies. <laughs> and then he said, pisses brown ale. And then Sean MF Longstaff, and MF is his middle name. Um, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right, Trev. 
You're right. All right, let's get into the match. <laughs> um, thanks for doing the three words. You will see that happen this Saturday. Stay tuned. Um, Stay tuned. Uh, oh. yeah, we, we did that one, folks. Oh. All right. Yeah. So we had so let's let's go through some lineups before we get into the match play. We had for Newcastle we had Dubravka, Mankio. Spoiler alert, I want you to talk about that. Cher, Lejeune, and Lascelles. Yeah, Mankio was the right wing back. Then Richie was the left wing back. In the center mid, D mid, you had Hayden and Longstaff, which has been really working out great. And then uh, Almiron and Perez were right behind Rondon at the top. So, your thoughts, Elijah Newsom? Um, obviously, I was a bit surprised, like everyone, to see Mankio out there, which it, it happens from time to time, and every time it happens, we're surprised because it usually happens after Yedlin puts in a pretty good game. It's like Yedlin will have a bad match, and then we'll start the next match, and then he'll have a good match, and Mankio will start. And it's purely rotation-wise. Um, he works his butt off the entire match. Um, so, I guess and- it was just- – Time to rotate. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm kind of buttoned in here, but like the the good things Yedlin does for some reason, and this is on the U.S. national team level and Newcastle's level, it goes completely unnoticed. His good things, like I, I know somebody in our Slack chat was like saying, "Oh, well, Yedlin deserves to be out. Like he hasn't been playing well." And I was like, "Well, he literally started the attacks that led to both our goals against Huddersfield." Yeah, like, there are like, only yeah. two goals in the match. He is the reason why those goals happened. He started the entire thing. So it's like, why does why does that always go unnoticed for him? Because he does that a lot, a lot more than people think. Yo, he does because it, it, he like I think wing back is actually legitimately probably Yedlin's like, position because yeah. he, he plays it as guy. like a defensive number ten too. Yeah, and because he's a guy who previously got a lot of slack for going forward a lot as a right back. And everyone's like, we need you to come back. We need you to come. And that was back when fullbacks weren't fun. And now fullbacks and wingbacks are fun. And it's actually Yedlin's kind of hit his niche where it's like, he's quick enough to recover and he's, he doesn't. And he's like, and even if he gets beat inside, there's, there's cover in that third center back. So it's like, it's actually a pretty good, um, you know, situation for him to cover up some of his defensive woes. And it also allows him to, you know, have a little bit more confidence going forward. And we're seeing him swinging a lot of dangerous balls. We're seeing him even cut inside from that. uh, From Yeah. I mean, you can even go to the friendly. He got the assist and the goal with Rondon in in our friendly in Spain. Yeah. And, and it's, it's really interesting because it's, it's something that, I mean, I noticed Atlanta does this as well, but not as to an extreme as Newcastle where um, Newcastle, Miguel and, and Iose kind of have this kind of free-forming role, but a lot of times they kind of cut in and they create so much space for the wingbacks to get up yeah. forward and they really hug those touchlines. So, like, Matt Ritchie, who is, like, who is pretty much a pure winger just in general, um, who just has an insane work rate, and DeAndre Yedlin, a guy who wants to be a winger as bad as he want, like, in the, like, wants to be a winger so badly, I now finally have, like, this bit of freedom. And I think it's actually – even that short bit where Kennedy played um, last week with Miguel in the Huddersfield match, you saw that he was even benefiting from having that, that freedom to really have like that entire side of, of, of the pitch kind of to himself to, to create and, and, and do a bunch of interesting runs and, you know, drop back and 
send in some crosses. But yeah, that was that was an interesting thing that I noticed. Um, Mankio didn't play terribly. He was fine. Um, he had a couple decent defensive stops. Um, he's obviously, and I think, like you said, it's one of those things where um, if if people really wanted to pay attention, I think they would realize that a lot of times people were complaining that Mankio wasn't getting involved enough in the offense. And that's something you never really complain about with Yedlin, regardless of the formation we're playing. And it's like, no one's ever like, oh, Yedlin should be more involved because he's he makes a, a point of being involved. He makes a point of trying to create chances. Yes, sometimes he shoots way over the goal. Sometimes his crosses are terrible, but he's at least trying. And so um, Mankia wasn't as involved. Um, and then I guess the other thing I'll say about the lineup is um, someone that I got into was a little conversation with someone about the midfield pairing because we actually we asked Warren who he thought his ideal midfield pairing would be, and he wanted to see Shelby alongside Longstaff. And someone brought up the good point that um, Longstaff and Hayden, the midfield works so well because – both of them don't they, – they know when to go forward and when to defend. I think this um, was a conversation between you and I. <laughs> well, I mean, you, we, we talked about this yeah. as well. But someone talked about it on Twitter as well. Oh, got it, got it, and got so, it. And, um, and, and, yeah, we definitely talked about this before, but it's just something to bring up. I don't know if we've talked about it on the pod, but um, they, they work really well together in that regard where, you know, instead, instead of having like a Mo Diame key pairing where – he kind of stays forward and Mo kind of cleans up. It's nice to see two guys working as like true center midfield uh, pairing. So um, other than that, everything seemed the same. Um, it is, it does go without saying Iose Paris looks way better uh, when he's not the focal point of the offense. Yeah. And I, I'm actually, I have something to say about that a little. Oh. Yes. So let's get into the match. I will have to say the first 15 minutes was awful. It's just so boring. I think, uh, like, maybe 4% of the first 15 minutes were spent inside somebody else's final third. So, yeah. um, very, It was so very boring. The Chronicle started start. tweeting GIFs. <laughs> yes. Which, that's how you yes. know it's boring. By the way, if, for new listeners, Chronicle has stolen a lot of things from us. That's probably the thing I'm the most mad about. Them yeah. Saying. It's like we were literally like there was a point where our bio said like all we do is tweet GIFs and like that was our thing. And like other Newcastle accounts even respected that. Like not many people were tweeting out GIFs like we were. And then out of nowhere, the Chronicle starts tweeting out GIFs like it's like it's their business. All right. So yeah. Lee, if you're running the socials, stop tweeting out GIFs. Yeah, I know you're listening. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, so 24th minute, it happened. And big credit to Javier Manquillo on this assist. LOL. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Cher actually brought the ball forward down the right-hand side and played the ball inside to Isaac Hayden. He then found Solomon Rondon and then lost a little bit of possession. Jack Cork's clearance went straight to Manquillo, who literally just like, I mean, anybody could make this pass. So. Uh, Mankio was like on the right hand side by the by the sideline, and he just like just very casually just passes it a little behind him to his left to share, and share just takes maybe two or three dribbles forward, and absolutely blasts a rocket, like um it's like the shot heard round the world type finish, oh, yeah. it bangs off the post off the left post and goes in. Holy crap! I mean, and the best part so it's one nothing after that. I still like. I don't think I'll ever forget what that sound was when Dude, it yeah. hit the post. 
and goes in. And then the goalie's face. Do you see the keeper's face? Tommy? Yeah, he, he was just like, oh, well, it happens. He, like, he kind of like looked like, damn, that was pretty good. <laughs> like he knew, like, uh, it, was, it was great. What's your thoughts on that build-up play, the incredible Mankio assist, and hate him, Ben Sherfa, with more goals than Kevin De Bruyne, Nabi Keita combined. Oh, and one less than IOC Paris. <laughs> <laughs> one away from IOC season total. Um, but uh, I, I think is one of this was probably so. I mean, obviously, I run the Coming Home Newcastle Twitter, and Greg runs the CHN Radio Twitter on match days, and uh, and so. When you're running on Twitter, you got to stay on top of your game. You got to have, you know, and gifs are our thing. So I'm, you know, I'm constantly checking Twitter to make sure that I have a gif ready or like a reaction tweet ready in case we score. And I didn't even know we really had scored because I was like maybe like five seconds behind. I just saw Twitter. I just saw, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And just like people just typing in all caps. And I was like, what happened? Did someone get injured? And then I looked up and then that happened. And so, um, there was, you know, I'm not surprised Cher took that shot because he's done it before. Um, there was a very famous clip, and I think you talked about this the last time he uh, he scored his his original Hatem Ben Sherfa moment. But there was a clip of him scoring from like his own half when he was with Basel, yeah. like he just but booted the ball up of the field and like chipped the keeper. And so Cher does that, and so I mean. I'd be shocked if that wasn't the goal of the season. Like, I legitimately would be shocked. If, yeah, like, I mean, that was insane. Because I've seen – I mean, I think – because Townsend had a freaking screamer earlier in the season. Um, and I thought – I remember that one was pretty good. But from yeah. where Cher hit that and the fact that he's a center back and just, like, how that noise it made just hitting off the post. It was just, like, literally the perfect strike. And yeah, then there's that video of Alan Shearer reacting to it. I don't know if you saw that. That was right. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's like wow, jeez, what a guy. Let's get him on the pod. <laughs> Said uh, every podcast ever. Yeah. Um. So he has Shearer has more goals than in like entire like all of man uh, PSG's defenders like combined. Like, take any of PSG's defenders, put them together as more combined, and he cost three three mil PSG's. Their defense is valued at 65. Um, Farmers League, too. Yeah, yeah. So, it, it's just – it's insane. Like, he's having unreal season, and his goals are, like, absolute bangers. It's just – it's insane. Uh, so, good for him. And then it happened, guys. The ma- most magical moment for me – been, we've mentioned this a bunch. I've followed Sean Longstaff for about two years now and been bugging you and, and the rest of Coming Home Newcastle about, like, hey, this guy's really good. We need to watch out for him and writing articles on him. And then, sure enough, my moment finally happened. Longstaff actually brought this ball forward. After I, Hayden won it near the halfway line, got it to Longstaff. He brought it forward, and he played it to, to Almiron. Swept the ball out to Richie down the left, and it was – Richie almost, like, lost it, actually. And then he shot across to the center. It was headed by Ben Mee and just dropped right to the chest of Longstaff. He put it down and fired it into the net. Sean Longstaff with his first Premier League goal. Unbelievable moment for me. I know a lot of you tweeted at me, making sure, like, 
uh, my pants were uh, still clean. Yeah. <laughs> and um, they weren't. But, you know, at the end of the day, I was so happy to see him actually score. Like, he's one of our own. And then to hear that immediately following the goal, Sean Longstaff, he's one of our own. That chance to come out, that was everything I'd hoped for. And we could have just stopped the season right there. I would have been happy. Greg, Greg's going to cry. Yeah. Well, yeah. please don't, actually. Next will. podcast will be a um, statistical analysis of Sean Longstaff's U18 2015 season. Okay. Uh, All right. <laughs> so, uh, um, it came, went to halftime. We're up 2-0. And honestly, the whole second half was, was a pretty lame showing, to be honest. I don't have really anything. So, so Almiron actually got really close on one, but um, and he also tried one from like 25 yards out that went wide. Uh, this was not as easy going for Almiron as it was against Huddersfield, predictably. But Almiron still had—I mean, he was amazing. Like, I mean, I still would rate him one of the best players easily. Um, yeah, I mean, he still had just a really good match. Yeah, um, really good. <laughs> and I mean, and he got like what? Someone gave him a six. Some some side gave him a six. I was like, you guys are skied. Um, I mean, and that's one of the issues when you have ratings, just like, um, where it, you know, there's there, you know, it's just opinions, and it's like you don't take into consideration, like, okay, um, how did Newcastle play before Miguel, and how did Newcastle play now? And you can see there's a very visible difference. It's Newcastle are actually fun to watch, um, even when we're defending, which makes this three in the back formation look fun. But yeah, um, kind of ended the match kind of ended pretty boring. Like it was, yeah, there was, Oh, yeah, there was no there, real threat from Burnley. Well, we almost gave away a penalty, but you know, yeah. it wasn't a penalty. I mean, Burn, Burnley style play this entire match was awful. It was just like long ball, long ball, long ball. And you're not going to win long balls against our back, our back, three four hey we got a peter crouch appearance though yeah yeah and he just tried to absolutely just rip apart diame's face dude Uh what an awkward looking dude he's 38 too that's insane greg yeah there's a 38 year old man in the premier league and i hope he scores this season because that's insane yeah he can't score on us anymore yeah he can't but yeah and burnley i i have to respect them uh because i'm the beginning of the season when they had their euro campaign and it was just a terrible they they've climbed their way up like much like newcastle have climbed their way up out of the relegation zone it doesn't look they're going to get relegated um but i think like you said they've kind of gone back to basics and they've done the thing that worked uh well last season and they're just going to defend 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 and then then you know they're going to rely on their two strikers and hopefully one of them scores yeah and so it's yeah they'll be good at home I guess. Yep. All right. So we have some quotes from our king, Rafa. He said, first half, we had the control, and we were adapting really well to a very physical team. We scored two goal, two good goals. Second half, under pressure. We were managing well. Everyone fighting for each other, and I think the fans appreciate that. We have a message that is very clear. One game at a time. Why are we winning games now? Because everybody is doing what they have to do, and everybody is just focused on the games. And it's what we have to do against West Ham. Yep. Well, got that straight on, Rafa. 
on share. He said, we know he is capable of doing that on the ball. He is good. And now he's improving in defense and understanding what the other players is understanding with the other players is getting better. And on long staff, Rafa said he had a yellow card and they were trying to play on him, focusing on his yellow card. So we had to protect him by substituting him or he would have played the 90. I said so many times when he was coming and training with us, that he was doing really well and he was lucky enough to make his debut sooner rather than later because of injuries, but he deserved to be there. And we decided to keep him in the team because he's working hard and playing well. And his understanding with Hayden is quite good. We are really pleased to have a local lad playing as an example to the rest of the players. You can guarantee when you have local players, they are cheaper and also they are committed. Both things are important. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Little, little shot out to old Ashley there. Yeah. Um, you have any stats? Um, I thought I had stats. I, I I remember the announcer saying that this was like the first time Newcastle pulled a double over Burnley since like 1950 something or something. Oh like man! Because like, oh, I mean, you just haven't played Burnley in the Premier yeah. League because they, they haven't been in the Premier League. It's like we've played them like six times. <laughs> like yeah. it's insane. Um. So that was our fourth straight home win in the Prem. That's the first time we achieved that since not that long ago, April of last year. Um, we won four in a row. Fabian Cher had his third goal for Newcastle, which have all come in the Premier League at St. James's Park. Um, that His latest goal was the 750th goal to be scored for Newcastle at St. James's Park in the Premier League, coming in the 456th match. So congrats, Cher, for hitting number 750 for us. Um, it was the first goal this season that they that Newcastle have scored from outside the box. Huh. Yeah. That was the first time it happened. Do you know who scored the last goal outside the box? I'll give you – it was last April, and it was against Leicester. Um, it was away to Leicester last time. Oh, it's Henri Saive. No. Didn't he had one from like he had a ridiculous had a free, free kick. kick. Yeah, um, it was Iosi Perez. <laughs> oh, okay, I, I, my guess was either Perez, Atsu, or uh, Saive. Okay, I, actually the Henry Henri Saive. That's a good. That's a good shot there. Yeah. Um, Sean Longstaff scored for the first time in the Premier League. As I mentioned, he is now the one hundred and forty second Magpie to have done so, and the first player from Newcastle to score in the Premier League since Jack Colback in April of 2016 when wow. Jack scored against Liverpool. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yep. Ginger Pirlo. Yep. Um, oh. oh, here it is. I just found it. I, I searched it and I found it. So it is the first double over Burnley since you were right, since the 1954-55 season. Um, it was our second double of this season because we did the double against Huddersfield and now Burnley. So, yeah, that is my stat. So, going over to 538. Wait, are... I think I have a stat. Oh, go. Yeah, uh, like I think our whole entire back line plus Dubrovka was like 20 million pounds. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Sissoko is worth 30. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> point out, we sold Sissoko for 30 million pounds. Just... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then this is not a stat, but it's just a funny tweet from Notorious for Now, who tweets at me personally a lot. Um, 
just like, shout out to him. Lost Boy in UFC 180. Said Sean Longstaff's thriving under uh, under Rafa. Very disciplined. If he came through the ranks when Party was here, he would have played four games to left back and would have been sweeping the floors at Nando's. <laughs> and then someone responded, so true, and Almiron would be at on loan at Montpellier already, which is like... <laughs> Oh it's my like god, that's such a good week. We could thread that one all day. Yeah, that's Things good. That would happen if Pardue was still manager. Yeah. Um, so I went to 538, and, we, and they kind of project what the rest of the season is going to look like in the Premier League. Right now they have Newcastle finishing with 42 points. We were at – we've slowly increased. So they said we'd finish with 38. Then we started – said, oh, yeah, 40 is Newcastle. Now we're saying we'll finish it with 42 points. Um, and they are giving us a 2% chance of being relegated. Love those odds because we are a lot higher than that a little earlier in the season. Uh, they think we'll finish better than Burnley, Southampton, Brighton, Cardiff, Fulham, and Huddersfield. So if you can do the math, that puts us in 14th place is their projection. Um, but, I mean, I'll take it. <laughs> but I, I do think, maybe a little foreshadowing, but I do think that there's a there's a good chance that we could do better than that. So we'll see. Elijah, who yeah. – we'll start with the worst player because we'll end on a positive note. Okay. Who was your worst performer? If if you can find one, honestly, who would it be? Um, honestly, it was probably the post. Post didn't really do a lot as much as a – post had a strong <laughs> performance uh, this past weekend. Yeah. And then, you know, followed up with pretty much being ineffective, um, actually letting in a goal. Uh, from share. So uh, Post is the worst player. Got an own goal. Yeah. Um, so mine is different. It's, it's okay. Different. So it, it, I, it's, I'm going to pick Perez, but hear me out here. I have some positive things to say on Iose. So You could have just left it at, I'm going to pick Perez, and I would yeah. not have questioned So he, he had a key pass, which is really good. Yeah, um, that usually doesn't happen, and he even won an aerial duel, which is like shocking. And other good news is he didn't have less touches than Dubrovka. It was really close. He had five more touches than Dubrovka, but um, he—it's getting better now. He—I don't think he was bad at all, but I'd just say worse of a bunch, uh, worse of a really good match. So. His, his passing was really bad in this match. He, he was missing plenty of opportunities. But one thing that I'm seeing a lot of positives from him is Almiron is clearly taking a lot of defensive pressure off of him. Oh, yeah. And, and I think Perez is benefiting from it, which is great news for Newcastle. So I, I hope that, you know, I think, and he will, I think, you know, because he'll, he'll luck into some goals. He knows how – and that's why we always say he could be a great Premier League sub because he knows how to get to a spot – to hit the tap in to, to get that one, one touch goal like he had at Huddersfield. Um, you know, that, that's going to be more and more possible for him. So I'm really looking for him to step up. He had by far the worst passer rating of any player um, for Newcastle. Everybody was in the eighties or like mid seventies and he was in the mid sixties in percentage. So that's why I put him out there. But do I think I played bad? No. So I just wanted to give a little positive because I don't always do that for him, and I can be harsh on him, but so I'll, I'll just say that. Dude, they're, uh, the chemistry with the three amigos, uh, that is one article the Chronicle actually wrote that I was like, this was a good article. Good job. Okay. Um, but basically, they talked about how 
um, which which we kind of suspected, and I'm pretty sure we've talked about this, um, but like Amron being South American and fluent in Spanish, shocker, has been hanging out with the Spanish players, um, <laughs> and uh, there's a particular bond between Rondon and him uh, and and Perez. They're like really good friends. They like go out. They're like like you know eat dinner together, go out for drinks and stuff together. Um, and then oddly enough, in that group is Florian Lejeune and Hasselu. Uh, because Florian Lejeune, obviously, he is fluent in Spanish. Yep. Because he played in La Liga. People forget. So. Yeah. Uh, good. Yeah. So good for them. Three amigos. Um, I hope that the three amigos can produce thirty goals. So that'd be cool. Um, who's your best player? Um, you know, it's it's really uh, it's tough um, because. I, this was actually going to be one of those matches where I was like, I'm going to choose a player that normally doesn't get that much, you know, that much respect. But then this person hit a worldie. And so <laughs> like, like, it just was like, yeah, Fabian Scherer was ridiculous. And even before he hit that, that worldie, he was, he was one of our main center backs getting forward and trying to create. And he also had some crazy um, pass breakups, interceptions, some decent blocks. Um, he was great. Um, that was that's probably my best player. I mean, sands the goal, and even after the goal, he didn't let it get to his head. He almost had another. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, but uh, he 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 was still just really good defensively, and, and you know it's it's crazy having someone tweeted this out too. Probably Burnsy actually tweeted this out and was like, um, and for the the new Newcastle fans, Burnsy is a Twitter account. Um, don't follow it. People make fun of it all the time, but it's just a dude who tweets really weirdly, like like paragraphs, but not really paragraphs. And then just I don't know, it's just a weird Twitter account. We don't but, want to scare anybody away. Yeah, we don't want to. Yeah, so just don't don't even look up Burnsy. It's like when someone's like, "Don't look up Slenderman." Just don't do it. It's not worth. It. And then you look up Slenderman, and you're like, "Oh, I definitely should not have done that." But anyway, Burnsy probably tweeted this and basically said, "It's crazy having." a back line for Newcastle where you don't get scared with the balls at their feet, which is like a testament to Rafa and his, his scouting abilities. Cause you've got two ball, really good ball playing center backs and Jamal cells back there. So shout out to him. Yeah. Uh, so I think Cher was definitely the best player. Um, I'll just shout out to Isaac Hayden in this one. Oh yeah. And shout Unreal. Out, shout out to Dubrovka. Of course. And, uh, Lascelles and Lejeune, I would, I mean, our entire defense, shout out. Like our, our three center backs and keeper, like last two weeks, unreal. Yeah. Um, so just shout out. But yeah. Also, there's like a ridiculous play stat play. about Lejeune, by the way. Like, yeah. Because like, so, so when you. I back, wrote that down. Yeah. Damn. Want me to say it? No, you say it. I don't know the actual stat. I just know that, like, it's insane. We picked long balls attempted so far. Oh yeah, that's one of them have been completed. Yeah, that's insane. That's uh, that's world class, literally world class numbers. Yeah, I'm shocked if he doesn't get a French call up. You know, just just for you know giggles. Yeah, uh, but, I mean, but yeah, dude, he he's insane. But there's like basically, and this is another chronicle piece. It's it like I said, they have journalism sometimes, and this one was basically they were ta- they were talking about how like at the end of the day. Like I, I know for a fact that when we sit down and we do our end of the season awards for player of the season, like 
Lejeune's going to be a guy I'm looking at because literally Newcastle's form since he's been back has been absurd. Yeah. They like all the points that have gotten us out of the relegation zone. There is a huge correlation between Lejeune being back and like us picking up those points. Yeah. And, you know, part of it, yes, it's been fun to watch us with Miguel, but some of that stuff where it's like, you know, 2 1 winning against Man City. Like, Man City scores only one goal because Lejeune's there at the back and he's solid and we have a solid back line back there. So, I don't know. He just shout out to him and shout out to Isaac Hayden, guys who, you know, I think now people have been starting to give um, some credit to, but the unsung heroes of the season, because when they both have come in and stepped up, they've played really well. And, I mean, it's not that other guys have played well, but we get, we've given, everyone's been riding, riding share and riding long staff. And we've kind of forgotten about the other two guys that stepped up. So shout out. Right, so there's two more things. Okay. Um, stat wise. First thing in the last six matches, you kind of alluded to it. Um, Newcastle are third in the premier league in points. Go back six match days. We're third. Really good. Next yeah, thing is Premier League have an informed chart. So they have the top 20 players in form in the Premier League. So I'm going to do the top 10. Number 10, Wilfred Zaha. Mm. Number nine, Gerard De La Feu. Okay, not surprising. Number eight, Isaac Hayden. Oh, that's a <laughs> okay. All right. Seven, Andrew Robertson. Okay. Six, Henrik Mkhitaryan. Makes sense. Five, Sadio Mane. Of course. Four, Alexander Lacazette. Duh. Three, Sergio Aguero. Okay, you're okay. That's a freebie. Two, Virgil Van Dyke. Okay, well, a little bit overrated, but okay. And the most informed player right now, Fabian Cher. Yep. <laughs> legend, absolute <laughs> legend. <laughs> Fabian Cher, number one. Yeah, just. That's insane. Yeah, that was just my guess. I mean, I was like, it has to end with like a Newcastle player, or you would have stopped at Hayden. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would have done one through eight, starting at one, if it was just Hayden. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. So we're gonna do a little segment. So if you noticed, uh, we like Miguel Almiron. If you know anything about us, we love Miguel Almiron. Elijah being a pretty diehard Atlanta United supporter. And me, yeah, an admirer. I cut, I cut the Atlanta United crest into my chest. Yes, he did. There's a scar. Yeah. Um, and, he, and I'm an admirer of Atlanta United. I love what they're doing for the game in the U.S. So, therefore, we love Amron. Amron, however, doesn't love baggy shirts. Uh, <laughs> so, we're going to try this segment. of. And if you saw the match, if you didn't, I'll explain if you didn't see the match. The shirt was too big for Amron. It, it was like, the arms. It was it was definitely too big. So, you know, like those old parachute <laughs> jump shoots that jumpsuits yes. that they had in I'm guessing the nineties. Nineties, yeah, the yeah. bright neon color. Yeah. That's what he was wearing. Yep. So we're gonna do something things that fit better than Almiron's shirt. Elijah, you're up. Um Okay. <laughs> okay, the first thing I thought of was like <laughs> Oh man, I I don't know if I can say this. Say it. Just do All it. right. An extra small condom on Mike Ashley. <laughs> yeah, that would fit better. Oh yeah. Um uh I would say something that fits better, Sunderland in League One. Oh, that's a good one. Oh um, yeah. 
Uh, Peter Crouch in a giraffe exhibit. <laughs> All right, Mike Ashley in a hippopotamus exhibit. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, putting a lot of pressure on me. Um, Joseph Martinez in a golden boot conversation. Oh, yeah, we're getting. Yeah, see, that one's real. That one's not funny. It's real. All right. Um, oh man, now I'm struggling. Oh yeah. Things that fit better than Miguel Almiron's shirt. Um, uh oh. I don't think I have any more. <laughs> well, that was the best I could do. Um, do you have any others that are out there? <laughs> uh, ooh, Raheem Sterling in DeAndre Yedlin's pocket. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to my boy Yed Linny. Uh, Warren Barton on CHN Radio Podcast. Oh, yeah, it's happening. Uh, Probably again. Uh, Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. do we have anything else to talk about? Oh, wait, yeah, we have a match. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, first, first, um, tweet at us. Tweet us things that fit better than Amaran's shirt. Um, Use hashtag CHN Radio. Tweet directly to us. Uh, We'd really like to hear your... Uh, ideas on that so oh, a long-haired uh a long-haired boy playing guitar and on a college quad oh yes geez if you're if you're american and you've ever been to a college campus you've seen long-haired boy with guitar on, yep. on any college quad yep. anywhere it, it's it's a thing it's sure. it's, just, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not we're not making this up it's not british slang it's just it's a thing yeah um all right, so let's move to the last thing. We're going to preview West Ham, which is coming up in a mere two days what, from recording. So let, let's talk about that. Um, before we dive right into it, we'll talk about the Premier League table. So we are currently in 13th. Moving on up, y'all. At 31 points, a minus eight goal differential. So that's getting better. And then we are playing West Ham, who's in 10th. Three spots above us. They are currently... Uh, five points ahead of us. So this could really close the gap between us and a, te- and a top 10 finish. It's a big match here. It is. Um, let's get into it. So the first time we played them, uh, it wasn't good <laughs> at all. Uh, we lost 3-0 to West Ham a lot. West Ham created a ton of chances, um, and they barely had the ball. Newcastle had 60% possession in this match. West Ham were just more aggressive. They they just created a ton of goal-scoring opportunities. They had less than half the shots that we had, but scored three times. So just to kind of show you how that went, uh, we pretty much got dominated by Diop, Arnautovic, Snodgrass, Balbuena, and Philippe Anderson. They all pretty much owned us in this match. Uh, so let's hope for something better <laughs> than yeah. – than that that was not i don't think that's going to happen again yes yes we're on the same page so let's talk about this i'll go through some of let's let i'll go through some of the injuries and stuff and then i want you to go forward with your lineup predictions all right so uh west ham lost to man city won nothing uh marco arnautovic which who killed us last match he was sick and i still don't know if he's going to play he might still be sick so keep an eye out for that lanzini is slowly building his way back to full fitness 
and I, I expect him or everyone expects him to be on the bench this weekend. So could have a sub appearance from him. And uh, Mark Noble, Pablo Zapoleta, and Robert Snodgrass were on the bench on Wednesday, expecting to be in the starting lineup here. Uh, for Newcastle, really, I don't really see much reason to change much of the starting lineup. DeAndre Yedlin could come in as fresher legs. And um, that's the only thing I can Kennedy. think of. <laughs> I'm thinking Kennedy might, he might yeah. do it. So t- take this away. Let, let let me know what's what you think. Um, I just thought Kennedy, for the first time all season, looked good for the brief 10, 15 minutes he was on uh, when we played Huddersfield. He almost had a candidate. He almost had goal of the season for Newcastle before share because yeah. he had that one-time freaking outside-of-the-boot half-volley hit that was just like it stung the keeper's gloves. Like, and the keeper had to die for it. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if this is a match where Kennedy gets an opportunity uh, because I don't think that he, he – I think that last match he actually played, um, he didn't look bad, which I think means that he probably doesn't look too bad in training. And he still looks better than Bereka. Um, so, I yeah. think Kennedy could, could get the start. And like you, like, like you said, I don't think there's any reason to change anything. Um, so, I, I don't see why, they, why we should. Um, we're dealing with, in terms of midfield, you've got a really nice young midfield, and they all seem like they're in really good shape. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think they'll be tired legs or anything as well. So let's, uh, let, let's, let's roll with the same boys and let's get DeAndre Yedlin in there, um, possibly Kennedy. But if not Kennedy, I'll take Matt Ritchie. I'm not really opposed to either one of them. So, okay, yeah. So Kennedy wasn't even on the bench uh, on Tuesday. So you think that there's a good chance he could start or just at least on the bench and, and plays? Okay, but I think that Kennedy wasn't on the bench because that was Dummett's first appearance yeah. in, like, years. So I yeah. think that was part of the reason was just, like, I think Rafa was planning on if he had to be put in a situation where he had to bring on a winger or anything like that um, or, or you know, we needed offense, I don't think Dummett would have played, but I think that – it just worked out that we needed we needed defenders and Dummett is a defender. So yeah, um, no, that's so, that's fair. Yeah, I, I think that's honestly what happened is just getting his legs back underneath him. And I think I suspect we'll see the same thing whenever Shelby gets back. Um, I think. Oh, this is. I don't want to go back to the last match, but I just want to say we saw something we haven't seen all season um, at last match, and it was a Rondon Hosselu, uh pairing, which was just like, wow. <laughs> That happens. All right. Hopefully that doesn't happen. <laughs> I hope it happens every match. Jeez. Okay. But anyway, uh, but yeah, so I, I think Kennedy has a good chance of being on the bench or starting. Uh, okay. Now from a, from a style of play, what do you see happening here? Newcastle going down to London. Um, my actually, I'll just give a, a little, my thoughts first, but I think that we are, we're going to do a three back again. It's really been working. Yeah. I think it's, I think we're going to play the counterattack in this one. So mm. I think we're going to let West Ham take a little bit more of the bulk of possession and really use Miguel Amaran and the three amigos and maybe Kennedy uh, to, to attack and, and get some quick goals. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I think this is one, I think this is going to be the first time we're going to see um, that counterattacking style that we've tried to play this season. And I think it's going to be the first time we're going to see um, 
it actually, you know, be effective. Uh, a lot of the times with the issue with, you know, us playing the counter was like, there was no one who was up there with Rondon. There was no one who could start the attack. You know, it's Sean, like Longstaff would get the ball at the middle of the pitch. And it's like, Jose Perez would lose the ball or Diame would just like kick the ball out of bounds. It was just, we now have competent players where I feel good running a counter. And I mean, and not to be disrespectful to West Ham, but like, I think it's, it has to be said and it's happened. And this is, and we've been right about this literally every single time we've mentioned this since January. But the, the, when we play these reverse fixtures, like this, this team was different in a lot of ways. And one way was just like our defense, although it was good, is now even better. So I, I don't see West Ham putting three goals past us. Um, but I do see us being effective on the counter, like you said. Yeah. All right, so going to some stats, um, the last four times that West Ham and Newcastle have played, at least three goals or more in the match. Um, so that's something. But on the contrary, the last four matches for Newcastle United has been two goals or less. <laughs> um, and Newcastle failed to win their last five away matches. Um, West Ham, on the contrary, have only won one of their last seven matches in all competitions. Obviously, Newcastle's been surging up the table. Um, so we have four wins in our last six. And then the last time Newcastle played at London Stadium, we won. So, yeah. Elijah Newsom, what is your prediction for Newcastle United away to West Ham? Uh, oh, actually, one. wait, before you go, before you oh, start. I just said it. Oops. Oh, I didn't hear you. So I'm, I'm going to count as you didn't say it. Oh. 538 said West Ham has a 45% chance to win. We have 28% chance to draw and a 27% chance to win. So they're saying 45% chance Newcastle loses this match. Go. Yeah. Um, 3-1 win, Newcastle. And the third goal is going to be Miguel Maroon's first goal. And it's going to be, like, one of those, like, 89th, 90th minute just, like, seals the deal. All right. Well, we're not far off. I'm saying Newcastle United will win 3-2. to two Oh. With no. Miguel oh. Almiron scoring their first goal within the first 10 minutes. Okay. That's good. I just don't want a nervy – we haven't had a nervy finish, and I just – I don't miss that. So, goals, goals happen in West Ham, Newcastle. It's true. I just, I just don't. I just wanted. I just like. I like the feeling of like Two winning. Wins. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I like you know knowing that you know we are in control, and then like when it gets to like the last seventy-five, when it's like in that last fifteen minutes, you know, like the seventy-fifth minute, eightieth minute, and it's like, oh, we're up two goals. Like it's going to take a lot for them to like even draw this. It, that feels good instead <laughs> of like. Oh my gosh, you're up one nil to Wolves. Anything could happen in the last 45 minutes, and ev- everything did happen. So, yeah, sure, I'll take a three-two win. I mean, I just, I just don't like having the nervy feeling. Um, but yeah, sure, we'll take it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Newcastle's going to win. You heard it here first. <laughs> um, you just guarantee it. Uh, CHN Radio says so. Elijah. Yeah. Would you like to get to some questions before we close it out here? Oh, yeah. But how, who are our questions brought to you by, Greg? I have oh, no idea. Oh, they are brought to you by Fubo TV. Everybody! 
Um, I don't think anybody's ever gotten that excited about Fubo TV. But if you haven't tried it out yet, then you wouldn't understand the excitement. So Fubo TV is American over-the-top internet television service that focuses primarily on channels that distribute live sports, including NFL, MLB, Phillies just signed Bryce Harper, NBA, MLS, the Premier League, League All, Bundesliga, Serie A. You probably watch the Ukrainian League if you're into that. Do you like Fenerbahce? Go on to Fubo TV. See what's up. Ooh. Check on Moscow. Your boy Elijah probably watches that. You can get some news, network TV series, movies, all on Fubo TV. Click the link when we post it on Coming Home and UFC. Sign up, and you're welcome. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people did not get that your boy watches Moscow reference. <laughs> One of my friends is is <laughs> Russian. Yes. <laughs> that there's the there's the he's and he's from Moscow. He's a huge he's a huge Moscow fan. Um yeah. but yeah, let's get to some yeah. questions. You know, the mystery is fun though. It is. <laughs> or confusion, whatever you want to call it. All right, so some questions. Um let's get them in. I I got some. I got one. Okay. Uh, from our, our boy Punxsutawney Thari. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Who, frequent questioner. Que- question, question, Thank you, Punxsutawney. Questionnaire of the podcast at TS, TGS42084, <laughs> which... Just change your Twitter handle to your actual name. Yeah, just people. It's like we're at, the, <laughs> we're at a point in society where, it like... Unless it's, like, an inside thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't even. It's just, I'm trying to get you followers, and no one's gonna remember that. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Um, he asked, and we kind of both alluded to this. How does Miggy contribute on a goal first? Will it be a goal or an assist? Hmm. Both of us said goals. Well, no, I. Well, you said he'd get the first goal. I said that he would get the last goal. I think he's gonna get an oh. assist before he gets a goal. Personally, oh, I see. I, because he's unselfish. Yeah, there's been plenty of situations already where, like, and to he, um, it's okay. He didn't know, but he's chosen to pass the ball to Jose Perez instead of <laughs> taking on the defender. And it's, it's just like right. it's it's okay. Like you've only been with him for a couple weeks. I think he'll figure out pretty soon. He doesn't have to do that all the time. <laughs> but it was it it. So you know, I think he's going to assist. Um, probably to Rondon uh, with that sweet left foot of his. Um, it's going to be like a nice cross, and it's going to it's going to either be like one of those nice low crosses that like Rondon just pokes in with his foot, or it's going to be just like the most thunderous header of all time. Yes. Uh, so Rondon I think Mickey's going to get assist, um, assist in a goal, and uh, let people know he's for real. Yeah, that's I completely agree. Um, one lost muffin. What up? Uh, <laughs> At one lost muffin, see, it's easy. Um, he said, "Is there a turning point? Is this the turning point we've needed to get Rafa to stay at least for one more year?" Good question. That's a very good question. Um, Greg, do you want to answer that first, or should I? Yeah, I'll go. Um, yeah, I I don't know if it's the turning point. I think Rafa. What? So I think Rafa's made up his mind. If, if well, let me say this: if he wants to stay, he's made up his mind but he's holding out to get more from Ashley because he wants to show what Newcastle is capable of. If just with a little bit more investment than he's been given, which in the grand scheme, isn't a lot 
of of money to either Mike Ashley's net worth or in like in comparison to other Premier League clubs, or in like, comparison to how much money Newcastle generates. Like yeah. let's let's well, just be real. Newcastle got a payment look, of fifty million pounds last January, and they saw none of it. Yeah, and we'll just look at the amount of money that West Ham and Everton and Watford have have paid. And oh, and they are Fulham. currently. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm talking about. I'm saying, yeah. Okay. That's right. Clubs yeah. ahead of us. So we are currently from Watford, which who are in eighth place. We're nine points from. And you just throw another. Say you say he even invests only twenty million more. I bet you next year we're better than Watford, at at even at their current pace. And I think Rafa's trying to prove that to him that we could literally be in in seventh place fighting with Wolves. And and Chelsea for a Euro Euro League spot like that's something that could be happening. Yeah. And um, yeah. So yeah, I think I think we're there, and I think if I think Ashley still needs to do more, but I think if Rafa thinks, yeah. Oh, here, got, I got a Chronicle headline for you. Revealed what Rafa Rafa's negotiations with Mike Ashley, and it has been the same. Like shocker. It's been the same exact thing Rafa's been asking for for like the past two years, which has been assurances on transfers and investment in the academy. And the Chronicle yet again published that article. So shout out to them. Um, to answer your question, one lost muffin. Um, I think, like like Greg said, I think there was a turning point. I think the turning point that we need to be talking about realistically is some of the other activity going on around the league. Um, there was a lot of talk about Brendan Rodgers being the number one candidate uh, when if Rafa were to walk away. Like that was that was our backup plan, and he's gone. And then you got a guy like Claudio Ranieri, who like we've seen, he's had three opportunities in the Premier League, and he's had success once, um, and he's flamed out the other time. So, um, and then even guys, hot names like Claude Puel, Leeds have kind of fallen off. Um, things like that, where it's like it's kind of forcing Mike Ashley to reconsider. I think it's a turning point for Mike Ashley, to be honest. I think it's kind of forcing him to reconsider um, what he needs to do in order to keep Rafa around. Um, even if he doesn't plan on selling the club, it's just for the pure sake of being in ninth or 10th, just makes you more money than being in the relegation zone. You get more TV time. Uh, you get more money in general. You can sell your players for more. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's it for me. All right. And last question from the official questionnaire and radio Trevor Mooney at Trevor Mooney 12. Yes. A good one. You can only choose one to have the next time you get hammered. Oh, I get it. West Ham. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That was a good pun. Yeah. Um, What's it going to be? One, Sean Longstaff. Two, Gandalf staff. Or three, Chick-fil-A staff. I think Trevor knows exactly what he's doing here. He knows what, I'm choosing Chick-fil-A staff because that's just free Chick-fil-A. Yeah. And also the best service literally in the world. Like I bet the only place that probably has better service than Chick-fil-A is literally an Emirates airliner. Like maybe. And that's debatable. And yeah. And you're paying like, and they better have good service. You're paying like 50 K for like a seat. Like you, geez. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or or like six dollars for a meal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> hot meal. that's delicious. Yeah, um, yeah. So this is so one more thing. 
on the beauty of of Chick-fil-A that I just wanted to shout out. Dallas Braden, he's a former baseball player, and he does some like podcasts, baseball podcasts for Barstool. He said he did the tweet yesterday, and now that you brought the now Chick-fil-A is brought up, I wanted to read it. He said, um, Chick-fil-A, your Apple Pay system wasn't working this morning, and I didn't have my wallet. Old move by me, I know. So what did your GM do? Well, he forced us to take fresh, warm meals you made and apologize profusely for the error. <laughs> yeah. Just an A-plus a class, class move. I'll see you at lunch next time. So just the great Legend. service of, of Chick-fil-A. So, all right, so this is a different question for me because obviously it could easily target me to say long, Sean Longstaff. But to say that I want Sean Longstaff when I'm drunk – yeah, not, yeah. Not, 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 not something great. I'm going to do. Not so great. It was a clever attempt, Trevor, but I'm out on that. Mm. Now, imagine being drunk and having Gandalf's staff. You might accidentally kill yourself. That was my concern. I mean, you're not afraid of that, though, when you're drunk. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I am now. I dropped my phone for the first time in like three. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, oof. I don't know about this being drunk <laughs> thing, guys. And then I proceeded to get drunk in Denver, where the air is there. So, well, see, I'm going with Gandalf on that. <laughs> so okay. Like, um, all right. We're, we're running out of time, but I have one question for you, Greg. And yeah. it might – all right. And I've asked this a bunch of times, but for the sake of the people on the podcast getting the opportunity to listen to this discussion, um, Isaac Hayden, probably worth $4 million in January. What's he worth now? Hmm. Six. Really? You think it's only six? I think he's worth like 10 million pounds. I would love we got 10. Because you got the English bias. People forget he's like 23, right? 22 yeah, or 23. Yeah, he's young. And so you put in the, you put in like literally now, like. If this form continues for the rest of the season, I'm talking 10 to 15. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I think that it's ten million right now. Like, if someone, if we, yeah, if like if Newcastle are actually in the business of doing deals in advance, which that's the issue is that Newcastle don't ever do deals in advance. Like, like that's that's my main skepticism with the Joel Linton rumor is that Newcastle wait to the last minute to do every sort of transfer business. But if they were actually a team that waited, that actually did deals in advance, and they wanted to offload Hayden right now, which would be the smart thing to do, um, you could get. 10 million pounds for him to like Cardiff or uh, maybe not Cardiff. They actually, yeah, they, they have to pay some people, but um, I don't know, like maybe West Ham or uh, Burnley. Like, I don't know, probably West Ham or Fulham. I don't know. Anyway, that's all I got. Yeah. Well, that concludes episode 45 of CHN radio. SB Nation's number one Newcastle United podcast. Um, I am your host, Greg Troxell. And I have another host, and his name is Elijah Newsom. And we'll be back with you uh, next, early next week to talk about, hopefully, three points against West Ham. Uh, tweet at us. Email us. CHNRadioNUFC at gmail.com. Twitter handles at CHN underscore radio. Main SB Nation account at Coming Home and UFC. It's been a pleasure. We're very happy that you listened to us and avoid the lads.
Stansel factory in up to the job in a day. Just can him do to the railway bridge, the bus will flow off there. The lasses lost the crinolines and the bales that hide their faces. I got two black eyes and a broken nose and gathered the blade and razors. Oh, my God. 